Welcome to Social Distance Workers, a podcast about the pandemic and some other things sometimes. Today, it's June 8th in the year 2022, and my name today is Tom, as usual. <laughs> and as per usual, I'm not an expert. <laughs> What's your name today? Um, I'm Rat, and I'm also not an expert and particularly not an expert in the coronavirus pandemic. What? COVID-19 pandemic. That one. Mm, the novel coronavirus. The novel coronavirus. At a certain point, does it stop being novel? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's sort of had its time of being the newest thing. Specifically, now there's a new kid on the block, monkeypox, I guess. Mm. Um, that's also not novel, but is having a moment. It's the new trendy virus. Yeah, it certainly is. I don't know much about it, and I don't think I know anyone who's had it, but it sure is a new thing. <laughs> well, it sure is an old thing that is newly relevant. Yeah. Mm, how you been? I've been doing all right. Um, you are catching me at a weird in-between time. This is the month where I'm still at my old house in one location, but three of my housemates have moved into their new apartment and... Most likely when we next speak, I will be speaking to you from also uh, a new apartment that I will be moving into. So it's Mm. just a weird time. So you're parting ways with your current housemates, is that? Yes, that is the household is being split and the dividing line is uh, who is allergic to cats (laughs) and who desperately wants to get a cat. So (laughs) Madison, who says hi, by the way, and was... uh, on this show, uh, Madison and myself are allergic to cats, and mm. we will be living together in a non-cat household. And um, in fact, uh, to distinguish the two houses, since we're still, despite living in different parts of the city, going to still be friends and hang out with each other, <laughs> we will call our place the Rat House, and we will be calling my other housemate's location the Cat House, because they will be very soon adopting a cat. I like the phrase the rat house because I can pretend it's a reference to the chapter titles were so good. Is <laughs> uh it's also um apparently in Germany like rat house is like where I think it's like the city council that's the name for like that building. Ooh. Uh so it ha- it can have many many meanings. And also, yes, uh, it is an homage to that one episode of the chapter titles were so good and nothing else. Great, great. <laughs> that is, um, I guess, exciting. Um, are you looking forward to the move? No, I hate moving. I hate packing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it well, so it's much. not exciting. Then. Yeah, it's not exciting. Um, but it will it will get done. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I assumed it might be exciting. I don't, I don't know anyone who does like moving, so maybe that was very silly of me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, 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 hey, who knows? I could have been, like, the one person who has a really good time with having all my routines be upended and having to think about all the possessions I own. Mm. Could, I could have been one who enjoyed that. Could have been, but aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I will I will turn the questions back to you. How um, have you been doing? I've been good. I've been very busy. I I took a very long vacation from my work and did a few things on the vacation that involved going out to California, including visiting my sister, and, uh, going to Max FunCon, and also going to Universal Studios Hollywood, a sponsor home of, of this podcast, the Minions, home of the Minions, exactly. 
I've never seen one of those Minion movies, but I've been on the Minion ride, and canonically, I was a Minion, <laughs> briefly. I got turned into a Minion, and spoilers, they, they, they turned me back. Spoilers yeah. for the Minion ride at Universal Studios. One, one thing that's fascinating to me about, like, I, I think it's only, like, Disney and Universal Studios who do this, is, like, their roller coasters and rides will have, like, plots and narrative to them. Mm, yeah. M- most roller coasters at amusement parks are just, like, okay, you're going to get on and maybe it's like themed in some way, but like they're not trying to tell a story uh, while you're there. Uh, so you were briefly turned into a minion on that ride, but you, you escaped with your humanity. Yeah, yeah. The The plot of that ride is that you're a bunch of um, humans who have signed up for a program where humans get turned into minions. And it's not even really a roller coaster. It's it's not even. I don't even know if I'd technically call it a ride because you're it, you sit down in a theater and it's like a virtual ride. You are surrounded by a 360 degree screen that shows you going through some cartoony bullshit, and your seat shakes around like in a 4D theater, and occasionally you get sprayed with like a light mist. <laughs> To say like, oh, we're going through the steam vents or something like that. And it was a good time. I um, enjoyed the experience despite not liking Minions all that much, nor having ever seen the Minions or Despicable Me films. But yeah, I'm a Minion, or I was. <laughs> I was a, I'm was. i a former Minion now. I'm... Yeah, I guess, were there other highlights of, of your trip? Or is that the standout <laughs> takeaway that you will kind of live in your heart forever, the Minions ride? I don't know. I think Max FunCon was more of a uh, standout part of the trip. <laughs> than anything at Universal Studios. Although Universal Studios was pretty fun. I kind of ended up going on a whim because I had a day to kill that I hadn't planned anything for. So I ended up doing that. Um, and then, But Max Fun Con was very good, even though it was sadly the last one they're ever doing. Yeah, that can be bittersweet, but I'm glad you were able to make it. I am glad as well. And um, I'm glad that I managed to get through all that traveling without... I don't know. I don't want to say without getting COVID because I don't know yet. <laughs> If I if I had caught COVID on the flight back, for instance, I would not have popped a positive test yet. So, um, or probably wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know how this, these things work. I think well, I think I'm in the clear, but you never know. How are things? How's work? Um, it is a totally different kind of experience. Um, at my job right now, there are no students. Um, there are supposed to be no teachers. This is the end of the school year after the students have gone home for the summer, and it is just kind of me and the other secretary and our assistant principal frantically kind of taking time to sort records and mail out report cards. Mm. So it's just very different. Hmm. Like I had time this week to surreptitiously do like phone calls to prepare for like moving tasks um, that I've never had time to do at my job before because I'm constantly at a front desk where people are coming in and out. I've been able to listen to music. So that goes on for the rest of this week, basically. And then I get like a genuine summer break until the rest of June, July, and part of August. So that's that's nice. Yeah, it sounds nice. The last month of school very much feels like something I, a trial I survived, particularly, I'm sure not great to be a student um, attending school after a school shooting, but being an administrator attending my job after the 
recent school shooting and I guess to be more specific because there have been multiple <laughs> shootings in that time uh, the one in Texas that that was something that was difficult to see the ways that other adults around me would respond treating I guess students as the ones who need to be policed and surveilled in response more in response to a school shooting there were just policy decisions that I think were very spur of the moment made in a kind of like security theater way that made the last few weeks of school very stressful for students and not actually helpful Mm. in in doing anything basically like they banned backpacks over the morning announcements Uh, for the last week of school, this was a conversation uh, that the principal and an assistant principals were talking and like, yeah, we should just go ahead and ban backpacks for the last week of school. Let's not, you know, mess around with having kids bringing in stuff. Uh, m- mind you, like students already are walking through every single morning metal detectors and having their bags searched by uh, security guards. Wow. So that was just, okay, no backpacks the last week of school, spur of the moment announcements. Of course, students, many of whom didn't hear that or it was very sudden, still brought in backpacks and then it was a whole mess because now we've got to confiscate the backpacks. And then (laughs) it's not anything to do with, I think, how stressful it feels to be going to school when you know there are recent school shootings, but... It was a response that was made. <laughs> Action was taken. So it does very much feel like something I have endured. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that sounds like a lot to deal with. Yeah. And a very strange experience to have to go through. Yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> but that is what it is. I suppose it is indeed what it is and can hardly be expected <laughs> to be anything else. It can that is correct. <laughs> Whenever one of these shootings, mass shootings, whether it's a school shooting or some other mass shooting happens, there's always talk about gun control and whether that can happen now. I mean, the answer is probably not. And it's just very, very frustrating because the correct answer, it seems, according to many people, is to just simply do nothing and say things like mental health and not to like mm-hmm. do any mental health related programs, just to say mental health and then... <laughs> One, one thing I've been hearing a lot, especially after the most recent school shooting, was that this isn't caused by guns. This is caused by evil, which is it's, it's a completely crazy thing to hear that, like, the people who are, you know, in, in legislative roles or in other policymaking roles say that, like, oh, this this cannot be addressed in terms of, like, material objects. It's a mysterious spooky force that lurks in people's hearts and takes over them and causes them to do bad things, which is not what happens. When, <laughs> it is not an explanation for human behavior that um, that I recognize as meaning anything. But yeah. Yeah. And I guess uh, as briefly as I've engaged with like the news stories around the school shooting, particular things about like the not very great police response yeah during that another kind of thing that like clockwork gets brought up is also like should we arm teachers should we have more cops in schools or you know like what is the thing we can throw at schools to stop 
by the time someone is there at the point of shooting a school, like, what, what is the thing we can do in that moment and living our lives every single moment <laughs> with a stress and surveillance uh, kind of a culture is another thing that is coming up. Um, it, 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 to me, like, seems a lot of the kind of talking to people and responses from, like, family and other teachers at my school, like, it just feels like there there is a deep exhaustion. And the pandemic as well, like, a really kind of sad <laughs> comparison of, like, one of the benefits of when COVID had first started was, like, school shootings and mass shootings stopping <laughs> and COVID still happening, but now also shootings continuing to happen. It's like even that one kind of like, well, we we still have a pandemic, but at least we have this good thing happening because of it. This like return to society. So like snapping back to its former brokenness that even the ongoing pandemic like can't shift the kind of things from coming back up. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah, it is very frustrating. It's it's very much back to normal. Uh, because yes. like yeah, like you said, there weren't we didn't have stories like this in the news for a few years. But yeah. they're back and they're probably not going away. Thank you, Joseph R. Nothing will fundamentally change uh in my presidency, Biden. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. uh on, on a lighter note, do you want to hear a call out post that my sister it's not a call out post. Do you want to hear a call out post that my sister sent to me? Yeah, sure. I think because in the past I'd had conversations about wanting to do like medical research paid studies, mm-hmm. um, my sister saw this opportunity and thought of me. But she sent me a sort of grad student's study that she thought I might be interested in. And the like little pictograph advertisement for it is, do you identify as transgender, non-binary, or non-cisgender? Do you like Japanese media? Please volunteer for a paid research study. They want to interview people who are trans about anime essentially and how it has contributed to um gender identity formation which is a cool study and i have looked into um if i'm able to do an interview with them but just to receive that out of the blue from my sister um, was very funny because it did feel like a targeted attack yeah wow that is very strange genova is like specifically geared towards like english-speaking people or as opposed to Japanese-speaking people? It is um, geared to, I, and I don't know if they're exclusively doing um, American participants, but it is geared to non-Japanese fans of Japanese media. Someone not not of this culture watching something, like, it, it could also be, like, British TV shows, but you're not British watching. Uh, this is specifically... Uh, for Japanese media, but I, I think like what they're interested in is transnational kind of viewing. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting topic because I feel like there's, there's probably some kind of link between queer people generally and people who like to consume media from outside of the culture that they came up in, but I don't know what the causal arrow would be there. Like what, <laughs> what is the, what is the nature of the causality there? Uh, yeah. Huh. It's weird. Yeah. I, I would also be curious, I, I guess I have my own thoughts, but like what the 
person who is getting a lot of different people's opinions on it ends up sort of patterns they're seeing for me I think there's a lot of freedom in like having distance um, and having things come to me in translation there's just a lot of kind of like the way I don't know like you can express feelings maybe easier while like listening to a sad song and feeling sad versus like other ways of like trying to express emotion I think having that distance can kind of help connect as opposed to like I don't know if it's a show that is very rooted in like stuff I'm familiar with I may be like comparing the accuracy to my own experiences and mm. I don't know it's funny um I I think about like the movie Your Name when they play the song which is like covered both with a Japanese version and it's very beautiful and I cry and then I hear like the English version and I'm like oh it's very basic <laughs> lyrics um it, it's just like I don't know sometimes there's something there's just something to that, <laughs> to mm. having a little bit of distance. I agree with that. But I also think that and I'm, I'm, this is like an area that is not something I'm an expert in. But I think that like the phonetics of the Japanese language are very different from the English language. And so songs that are written to be sung in Japanese, like melodies that are written to be sung in Japanese, are, are kind of different from the ones that, that are written to be sung in English. So when you take... I often find that when you take a song that was written in Japanese and try to translate it into English, it often sounds like th there's like a preposterousness to it. Like I feel like those the songs from your name, like I've heard both versions of them, um, and I think the English ones just not not even just like the content of the lyrics, but like the pace and <laughs> vocalization of like it feels like someone is like trying to jam a bunch of word salad into like weird configurations where it doesn't go whereas i don't know maybe it is a function of the distance but the 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 japanese vocalizations are, are just sound more natural to the music to me yeah i don't know if that's related but it, it is something i've thought about with those songs in particular at max FunCon, we had we had some very interesting uh covid protocols that we followed which i think were largely really good and are reflective of what I would like to see from in-person events while this pandemic is still ongoing, but that don't seem to be standard. We had to yeah. provide proof of vaccination status and also had to take a negative test on site and weren't permitted to check into the event until we had taken a negative test and also had to wear masks during all indoor events, which they enforced pretty well. It was not required of us that like whenever you we were in an indoor space, we had to wear a mask. It was only while we were in event programming because I, I guess they don't really have the ability to say like every time you're indoors, wear a mask for, for whatever reason that's that's beyond them. But people tended to anyway, just as a matter of habit. Mm -hmm. And it was the most masked up place I've been in a very long time, which was a, a good feeling to have. Yeah, that must have been nice. <laughs> I miss what little mask mandates there were. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I just heard about an event in California. I forget which event it was. I think it is some very large anime convention mm -hmm. that they have changed their policies to say they will no longer even be requiring proof of vaccination, which uh, mm -hmm. it seems to be like the rest The rest of the world is heading in that direction and it's going to create a lot of super spreader events, which... Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like... Again, with like getting rid of the like city and state mask ordinances, requiring like vaccination is still like a bare minimum kind of a thing. So to even get rid of that feels because it's like you can 
still get COVID and having been vaccinated, but it's a protectant against it. And so it's like to not even have that. I get it. It's individual response. It's everyone's own individual responsibility to not get COVID and God help us from having a organized community response. But yeah. Yeah. This event I'm talking about, it's Anime Expo in um, Anime Expo. in LA and it's July 1st through 4th. So that's less than a month away. Yes. And they're just now announcing that they will no longer be requiring proof of vaccination or negative test for entry. I don't think they offer refunds to people who are no longer going because of this. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. What else is new? Any 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 other <laughs> new things to talk about or should we move on to action items? I guess we can move on to Oh, well, okay. Um I I will toss in just for I guess updating because this is in progress and not yet done. I am I am slowly but surely making progress on uh, my legal name change. Just yesterday, I drove to a state police station and got fingerprinted which is part of the process and so I can now I think submit my name change petition and then start that process by started I mean like I will be less responsible for making things go forward I put off for a long time going to get fingerprints because it was a task I had to do (laughs) And I hate doing tasks. Yeah. So now there are still more steps in the process, but I, I get to like submit <laughs> forms and then someone else has to do an action. They have to do a task before it is my turn again. And that is exciting to me. Speaking of tasks, <laughs> you mentioned to me that you uh, you were reading David Allen's Getting Things Done. Yes. Out of pure desperation in the... Again, it's a very different pace at the job I'm at now that students are not there. And so like kind of all that I have to think about is how disorganized we are as a school and how nervous I am about being back again for a whole new school year. So I did finally start listening to David Allen's Getting Things Done. Um, I think I may have mentioned this before. I like to, even if there is an audiobook, sometimes I just like to listen to a robot voice, text-to-speech, read-me books. And so that is how I'm experiencing um, this book (laughs) just every so often. (laughs) I never, I didn't know that. That is an interesting way of consuming books. Yes. Uh, I don't know if there is an audiobook version available. I, I know I've looked, David Allen has like a few YouTube videos, and I think maybe you've recommended like podcast versions. But sometimes I just like don't want another person involved. Hmm. I, I do want to be read to, but I don't want another person involved. And and that's what I use <laughs> uh, the robot voice for. Hmm. That is quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there is an audiobook version out there. Yeah, I don't know which edition of the book you're reading, but I'm sure whichever one it is, it's, you know, it's not that different, the, 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 the different editions. There are two major editions and I have strong opinions about them, but probably stronger than is actually required. <laughs> yeah, I, I think going purely on the strength of your strong opinions, I, I did go with, I, I guess it's the earlier edition before like the revised version. That's yeah. the dark web copy that I found. <laughs> nice. Definitely uh, one of the things that um, he talks about is like some people, even if what you come away from this is just like more tricks that you can incorporate. Uh, I I think that's something I'm trying to take from it is like sort of what specific techniques can I kind of 
try out from reading this book. I, I did text you about it's I think just from a different culture, a different mindset, but every time he brings up the concept of a tickler file, I just I have to take a moment because maybe I'm not corporate enough for that not to be funny <laughs> to me. Uh, maybe there was a time when it was a serious thing, but I just think it's a very silly phrase. I don't know who came up with that, but I also do kind of want to try <laughs> making a tickler file. It's like a, a little thing where it's like use some pattern of manila folders or some other way to like organize repeating dates to give you enough for like either one month or like a whole year of files and then you kind of each day check what's in there for the day and it can be like tasks that you didn't want to look at right when you got them but knew that june 15th would be a good time to look at it so you put it in for june 15th or like little things that you send to yourself to look at later as opposed to like what I do which is in a little shelf bucket next to me just like toss all my bills and important documents for a pile <laughs> to <laughs> never look at the concept is this is something you will look at yeah yeah I don't know where the term tickler came from it is a silly term I think it's like an old I say old I mean I don't know like 90s or 80s business guy thing like a Rolodex something that doesn't exist anymore but I mean, some, I'm sure some I'm sure people still do it. I know the sort of canonical example of it is something that consists of 43 folders because mm -hmm. you have like a folder for each day of the month and then a folder for, you know, different months and things like that. But for that reason, for a long time, um, Merlin Mann, who is a previous guest on both the chapter titles were so good and Doctor Who the Moment, two podcasts, projects of mine. He was once best known for his blog, 43 Folders, that was about like productivity and doing creative work and stuff, which is a reference to that tickler file. I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm not like a religious follower of David Allen's entire methodology set out in that book, but um, a lot of it I have found personally useful. So I, I hope you find things that are useful in it too, even though you may well not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I will say even just kind of listening to the idea of tasks that you can do right now or, or like finding ways to kind of like not hold things in my mind that I have no way to do right now to stop doing that e even that is a kind of nice way to shift the, the way I try and organize things and I'm again hoping to <laughs> actually try and do that more nice let's talk about action items yeah it's time so I do have a word document with our action items from last time and there were two of them and the first one I put down was to find yourself a treat and the second one was to download some new apps mm -hmm. um, did you do either of these yeah I think I did uh, I, I no yes confidently <laughs> I did <laughs> what was the, what was your treat my treat is I was happy that this was able to work out before my housemates moved out. We were able to do like one last kind of, um, we're playing through the Kingdom Hearts mm -hmm. franchise and we were able to kind of right before move out, do one more kind of like sit down and play through session. 
I, I hope and believe that we are going to continue doing that. But for the month of June, it's very chaotic and I don't think we're going to return to that for a while. So it was it was a treat <laughs> for me to be able to experience that. And also the game we are on right now is 358 over two days, which kind of has like a iconic symbol of a every time you complete a mission uh main character roxas sort of gets a treat because (laughs) um he will go very unsafely sit on top of a very tall clock tower and eat a sea salt ice cream so double treats yeah i believe that sea salt ice cream i think that's that's a disney crossover because i believe that is ice cream that is available at disneyland or was at some point available at disneyland so yeah it's like that's a part of the whole disney magic of kingdom hearts god they just can't help themselves (laughs) no they can't and i don't want them to (laughs) while i was at universal studios i got a i got a butterbeer from the wizarding world of harry potter Mm -hmm. which is an expensive treat i believe when they first opened the wizarding world in florida they were charging three dollars a glass for butterbeer and now it's like eight dollars a glass but it was really good and i made sure to keep a careful accounting of how much I spent on the Wizarding World of Harry Potter to make an equivalent donation to Mermaids UK so that I can offset my my sins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and as for downloading apps, I don't I think I think I might actually not have downloaded any new apps in that time, which is odd because I'm always trying I'm always trying out new apps. I like apps. But just look at the most recently added apps on my phone. There's actually nothing nothing new. Wild. I, I can co- I can cover you on this because I did download three apps. <laughs> I, I actually did download the Universal Studios app while I was in Universal Studios, uh, but I have since deleted it because I don't need that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not there anymore, <laughs> so I guess that counts. Both of both yeah. of my action items are accomplished yes, in an impromptu so- Universal Studios trip, <laughs> and if I hadn't gone, I probably wouldn't have accomplished them. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll check that off on your on your record. That's another thing I'm doing at my job is uh, all the student permanent records putting dating their files. So this will go in your <laughs> permanent record that you did accomplish uh, this past week's action items. Oh, that's good. Good job. Do you have any action items to propose for the coming period? I do. This is mostly one for me, but let me try and make it a task, uh, action item for anyone to do. I want to get myself to use one of the techniques from David Allen's book. I guess that could just be the action item. Implement one of the techniques from David Allen's Getting Things Done. Nice. My uh, technique, my my technique, my action item, my action item is to um, find information about an appliance that you use every day and how it works. Like something you take for granted, you're like, how does the toaster work? How does it know when it's done toasting? Uh, Or like something like that. And find out how it works. You don't even necessarily need to remember it. But if you can momentarily satisfy your curiosity about how that thing works, presuming you have any such curiosity, then that that will meet the conditions of this action item. And you'll uh, unlock the achievement. <laughs> As we do every time, we mention that we have a Twitter account, which is SDW underscore pod. And a website at SDWpod with no underscore dot fireside dot FM. And then the other thing we do is we stay distant. And also, we finish typing the action items and go the distance. (laughs)